Welcome to the show. This is your host, Mari. On today's episode, we're talking about parenting in the outdoors, safety, and survival with Brighton Peachy. Brighton is a mom of three currently living in the woods of Maine. She spends a lot of time going on outdoor adventures with her family and has unique insight from her experience working in the ER and on search and rescue. We talk about how the outdoors helped her in the postpartum period, solo adventuring with three kids, homeschooling, and outdoor safety tips. Trigger warning, Brighton also shares a story about a car accident with her sons in the second half of this episode. She shares some of the details of the terrible incident, and I found that her strength and empathy, even during a horrible situation, really shine through. I really enjoyed this talk, and I hope you do too. One note, about halfway through, we had a technical difficulty and the audio cut out, so there is a brief interruption, but we fixed it, so not to worry. The music on this podcast is licensed through Musicbed. I also use Musicbed for the music on my YouTube videos, and people always comment that they like it, especially on my Pacific Crest Trail series. If you need music for your YouTube channel or podcast, I highly recommend Musicbed. Sign up for an account with the link in the show notes, and get one month free when choosing a yearly plan with my code. And now, here's the show. Welcome to Biggest Adventure Yet, a podcast for adventurous, creative, and global humans raising the next generation. I'm Mari, your host, a new-ish mother who lives abroad, thrives on travel, creativity, and the outdoors. Chase down a brand new adventure, step up, step out, and enter in. So glad to have you on the show. Thank you so much for having me. First off, just for anyone maybe who doesn't follow you, can you just give a little bit about yourself and how you kind of got started, you know, your love of the outdoors and all of that? Yeah, so my name's Brighton. I'm the mom to three boys. We currently live in the woods of Maine. Um, we just moved here about a year and a half ago from Utah. I've always loved the outdoors, but I'd say I really got into it during college and kind of, I don't know, happened to just fall into it, became a big climber, and that was like my life. That's how I met my husband. Um, and him and I both had flexible schedules, so we would just travel every week and just go camp or climb somewhere. Um, and then I started doing search and rescue and got, like, my wilderness EMT. So really kind of got into kind of, I guess, the nerdy side of the outdoors and just, like, safety and rescues and all of that. And then, uh, yeah, then so I started kind of documenting our journeys and just enjoyed kind of keeping it for ourselves, like um, journaling. And then uh, once we started having kids, it just kind of like naturally evolved into just bringing them with us um, and just including them on all of our adventures. And uh, when we had our first son, we built out a van and lived in the van for about half the year and traveled around. Um, And then we sold the van and got a camper and would just like tent camp and do different things like that. Um, And then when we had our third son, we built out another van, so we do kind of van life part-time, and then just, I don't know, whatever outdoor adventures we can get. We, we love it all. <laughs> yeah, that's so amazing. I'm so inspired that you do the van life, especially with three kids. My partner and I used to do some van life pre-kids, and then 
we got rid of it when we had my son, but now I'm kind of like, oh, I wish we still had it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, anyway, but so I definitely want to talk to you about that. And I just love that you, you know, you were passionate about the outdoors and you kept that going once you had kids, because I found for myself, it was, well, I love the outdoors as well, but then I just found it like the transition into motherhood, I was like, ah, I don't know how to do this now. And it just took me a long time to like try again. Mm -hmm. So how is that for you? Like the transition once you had the kid, I guess you said you did the, you had the van. So is that kind of how you started just doing more stuff? Um, so we actually got the van when he was maybe like nine months old. Um, so when I was pregnant with him, I'd get out and hike like multiple days a week. And it was just kind of like my therapy I don't know just love to get out mm-hmm. and then I had him and I tried hiking with him at like one week postpartum which was just like too soon for my body <laughs> yeah and kind of like yeah. set me back so then I was like okay like I can't go out yet and then I just kind of was like a hermit inside and I got like really bad postpartum depression and anxiety and just was like did not feel like myself and was just kind of like oh my goodness like is this who I am now like I'm never gonna be like the happy person I was before. And I don't know, just was like really kind of like deep into postpartum depression. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my husband kind of slowly started forcing me to get out, even just like little walks around our neighborhood. And that like really helped. And I realized like how much I needed to get outside. Um, so then I started, once I kind of like felt up to it, I started doing just like little easy hikes with him. And then it just kind of slowly grew from there. But that was like the biggest thing that helped me deal and like cope with like being a new mom and just like how overwhelming it was plus all the like the postpartum depression and anxiety on top of it um it just helps me feel so much better and just like slowly get back to feeling like myself again yeah oh thank you for sharing that I think that you know probably resonates with a lot of moms out there and I feel like not everyone talks about it and that's not always what you see on social media um and I Mm -hmm. I feel like it's easy just to look at other people and think like oh they must have never struggled or had anything like that um so thank you for sharing because I think that's important to recognize that it's actually so normal to have that period where it's like especially the first baby I think it's like whoa like my whole life has changed and the hormones are just crazy like going all over the place and uh so yeah I can definitely resonate with that and it's good to hear just, yeah, for anyone out there who has struggled with that or is struggling with that, don't judge yourself for it. It's totally normal. Mm-hmm. And just, yeah, start doing something small. That's yeah. really good to hear. It's just such an adjustment. And I feel like people don't really, like, warn you how different it is, especially for, like, having your first baby. Because I, like, read all the, like, pregnancy books and all of that. So, I, like, I don't know. And I had nieces and nephews, so I thought I knew what to expect. But then I had my baby and it was just, I don't know, it's just so different. Like I felt like I was not prepared for like the postpartum side and just adjusting to life with a child and being a mom. It was just, yeah, I feel like it's a lot. Like it's a hard adjustment for people. So definitely if people are going through it, they're not alone. Like every first time mom, I think probably feels that way and just overwhelmed with it all. I feel the same way where I felt prepared to have a baby, but I didn't, and I knew it would be hard, but I didn't realize, yeah, just how much would be different. And that sounds so obvious, <laughs> but until you're, it's happened to you, it's like, oh, right. Okay. It's a whole different world. Everything has changed. Mm-hmm. That's kind of why I do this podcast is I just had this hard time connecting with my old self once I became a mother. And so I love talking to people who have 
made that connection for themselves or, you know, have found new hobbies or interests and Mm -hmm. are really just like living their life as their best life with their kids and incorporating their kids. And it's such a gift to be able to give your kids like these adventures and all of that. So I am curious, like, how did the transitions go from having the one kid to to two kids and then to three kids? Because I'm at a point now when I only have the one kid (laughs) and I love him so much. And but I'm still in this like everything feels hard. I don't even know how I could do it with (laughs) more kids. So I'm interested to see or just hear about um, what that's been like. Yeah, I think overall... I don't know, zero to one was just like such a wake up call for me. That was like a really hard transition. And then uh, one to two was easy. That was fine. Um, And my second was like the easiest baby. So I was kind of spoiled with that. Um, And then the transition from two to three wasn't bad. But then once he hit like the toddler phase and started like walking and getting into things, (laughs) it's been (laughs) a challenge. (laughs) Since then, I feel like, I don't know. It's just so, it's just, I like to call them my frat boys. I feel like I'm living in a frat house. It's just like always (laughs) loud and wrestling and pee all over the bathroom. But, (laughs) but it's good. Yeah. So yeah, don't be intimidated. Yeah. Zero to one is such a big adjustment, but sometimes it's easier after that. Right. Yeah. And what are their ages now, your kids? They are five, seven, and two. Okay. Nice. Yeah. My son's two, so I know that that struggle. (laughs) Yeah. It's a hard one. Two is hard, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Just so active. They're just, I mean, it's so awesome to see too. Like they're so curious about everything and like, well, at least my son is and adventurous mm-hmm. and wanting to do everything, but that's what um, is challenging <laughs> for yeah. like just trying to keep them safe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And on that note, yeah, so I'm really interested. So you do a lot of your um, outdoors and travel and stuff with your kids solo, which I also mm-hmm. find super inspiring because at least for me, I haven't tried camping alone with my son or doing anything like that we've got on hikes but not anything big um but you're kind of making me think like oh yeah I I could try that why not (laughs) you could totally do it yeah yeah so I'm wondering like how I know there must be so much to organize going into that I know just for one kid I feel like I have so much to organize and do and you know it just feels overwhelming so how do you kind of amp yourself up to go out on adventure solo with your kids Um, I think at this point, I've kind of just gotten used to it. Um, it's not necessarily by choice. Like I definitely enjoy it. But my husband's in residency. So he just isn't able to come with us. So it's either I go by myself or we don't go. Mm -hmm. And I just know that me and my kids are just happier if we can get out. I just love trips and camping and all those things. I feel like I just need that. And I feel like I can be a better mom. Like it helps me just be more patient. And everything. And over time, it's gotten easier, too. Um, The first, I didn't start solo camping with kids until I had my second. I never did it with my first. Mm -hmm. And then with my second, I just started out super small, just going to places that I'd camped at a lot and was really familiar with. Um, And I would just do like an overnighter and then just kind of slowly built up from there. Um, And now I feel like I just kind of have my groove down of just like, quickly packing. I like to kind of warn my kids a couple days in advance that we're going to be like camping and 
just knowing I think that like it'll be enjoyable as hard as it is to get all the gear organized and packed and all the food like ready to go all of that like I just always know that we'll like have fun as hard as it is to like get to that point like it will be enjoyable like we will make memories like it will be good (laughs) so I think that's what kind of like amps me up and like gets me motivated to do it yeah no that's so true what would you say are some challenges that you've faced when you've been doing these adventures with your kids? Um, most recently, my oldest um, doesn't want to go a lot of the oh. time. He'll always just kind of like whine when I'm like, we're going camping or we're going hiking. He'll just be like, oh, I don't want to go. Like, I just want to stay home and play. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's always kind of like a battle with him to like, convince him to get dressed and like get on his hiking clothes and his shoes and like come with us but then once we're there like he always has like so much fun and like there's so many times where he's like no I don't want to go yet like can we stay longer and he just has an absolute blast once we're there Mm -hmm. but sometimes it's just like hard to get him out the door and then I think the other like challenging part for me is probably I don't know just like the meal planning. I'm just like mm-hmm. not a cook. I like don't enjoy meal planning <laughs> or like any of that. So that's always like my like downfall of trips. I feel like is that or that the part that I struggle the most with is all the food, like planning and prep and all of that. Yeah, that part is hard. Well, especially with kids. But yeah, have you found any good meals that they like to eat out there? Um, yeah, we usually keep it pretty simple, especially when I'm like by myself, I'll just like keep it as simple as I can. Um, so they love like ramen noodles Mm. for dinner. Mm -hmm. We'll do that a lot. Um, we do a lot of bean and cheese burritos. Um, we do like oatmeal for breakfast, um, or just like bagels and cream cheese. And then usually just like sandwich for sandwiches for lunch. We kind of have like our go-to things that I'll try and just like repeat each time to make it easier. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Those are good options. Yeah. The food is always kind of like the last thing I think about as well <laughs> when I'm packing all the stuff. Yeah. So it's like, okay, well, let's just make it easy. <laughs> I aspire yeah. to be one of those people that makes really fancy meals out, but that hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I wish I was that yeah, person. <laughs> I know. Um, and with your your seven-year-old son, I can relate to that. I mean, even my two-year-old does that same kind of thing. Like, he doesn't want to ever go anywhere. And then, but he always has fun once we're doing it. But it's, like, such a chore to, like, get him to <laughs> get out. It's like, come on, let's yeah. go. You're going to have so much fun. Um, and actually, like, I remember I grew up in a family, like, that we would go hiking on weekends and stuff. And I remember as a kid, like, I was being like, ah, oh, no, like, I don't want to. And, like, even on the hikes, oh. I remember feeling like, no, like, looking at, like, the top of it. Uh, climb and I was like no I don't want to do it Mm -hmm. um but I like I'm so grateful for it now and I'm so happy that they did give me those experiences and I love hiking now so anyway I think that's good to remember as well (laughs) yeah yeah I'm hoping that it's that way for my kids yeah (laughs) yeah they're hopefully they're not like oh (laughs) yeah (laughs) can't believe you made me do this (laughs) yeah get sick of it no I'm sure it's those are really good core core experiences for them Mm mm-hmm are they all old enough to walk or do you carry the two-year-old still? Um, he'll walk a good portion um, on his own. He likes to like hike with his brothers, but I will still carry him just so that we can go a little bit further. Mm-hmm. Do you think they help encourage each other? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I feel like they get along best when they're on the trails too. Like at home, they'll butt heads a lot and like fight over toys and stuff. Mm-hmm. But on the trail, it's like so fun and like special to like watch them. Yeah, encourage each other and like help each other. 
and just like be best little buddies on the trail. It's, yeah, it's my favorite. Yeah, cute. Do you have any like go-tos for helping motivate them to keep hiking if they don't want to? <laughs> yeah, um, we do, we love to hike with friends. I feel like that's the best trick to get kids to mm-hmm. hike. If there's friends there, they always do better. And then we play a lot of like games. My oldest son loves 20, 20 questions. Mm-hmm. So we play that on repeat. <laughs> yeah. um, and then we also like to play things like I spy or pretending that we're different animals or just like any sort of imaginary game as we hike um, or singing songs is probably our other thing that Oh, and treats, I guess. Treats is our number one motivator, I guess. Right. Candy. For everyone involved. Snacks and treats. That's good. (laughs) Good tip. Yeah, I feel like when in doubt, just make sure you have lots of snacks. Exactly. (laughs) Oh, well, something else I really like about you or what you show on Instagram, at least, is that you also show kind of not just these inspirational. Um, you know, hikes and adventures, but you do kind of show a glimpse into the real side of life. Like you're sometimes you'll show like your messy house, <laughs> like, hey, I go on adventures, but this is what happens <laughs> because I'm not staying home all weekend clean. Yeah. Um, and I think that's just really cool to see. And I can resonate with that because I also have definitely had times where I'm like, either I could stay home and clean or I could go out on an adventure. And like, I feel like I'm always going to pick the adventure. Mm-hmm. And then but then my house isn't always clean and like, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I just want to say that it's nice for you to show that for people, I think. Thank you. Yeah. I try and just keep it really real because I feel like it's obviously so easy with social media to just like compare ourselves and we're seeing the highlights of people and people might just like look at my feed and quickly think like, man, she's got her life together and she gets out on all these adventures with her kids and you know, she must be like rocking it, but it's Mm -hmm. like, no, yeah, if I'm doing these things, then other things aren't like other things have to give like my, yeah. When you're out on adventures and usually your house is kind of a disaster and there's like dishes left in the sink. Like there's so many times we'll leave on a camping trip with, yeah, like last night's dinner still in the sink just because I'm like, if we, if we got to get out of the door on time, then that'll just have to wait until we get back tomorrow. So Yeah, it's definitely like a give and take. Yeah, yeah. I think that's good to remember. We don't all have to be perfect in everything. (laughs) So, yes, yes. yeah. (laughs) I am curious too, how do you find time to do all of your Instagram reels and things like that? Because I find it, like again, I only have one kid, but I find it hard to put in time to do Mm -hmm. that. And I'm just wondering how you make the time for that. Yeah, it's definitely been challenging like I feel like in the summer I was in this good groove and I just like had it down um I'd usually work on it after my kids went to bed and then finish it off in the morning like while they were eating breakfast and everything um but I started homeschooling this year so I feel like what like little free time that I did have where I was working on Instagram I'm now doing homeschool so lately I feel like yeah I've just been like I don't know barely scraping by to keep up like I feel like it's I've had a really hard time finding or like a really hard time yeah finding the time to like work on it and dedicate it dedicate to it mm-hmm. um but yeah usually I'll 
work on it like yeah when my kids go to bed at night um I try not to be on my phone too much during the day like when they're mm-hmm. awake yeah um but we do also do like quiet time in the afternoon after lunch and so I'll work on it a little bit then as well right yeah it's kind of hard to squeeze in yeah <laughs> I'm curious though about this homeschooling like how has that been and what made you want to do that yeah, it's been, um, so I guess, yeah, first, like, why I wanted to do it is, uh, obviously, yeah, we love to travel and get out, and last year was the first year that my oldest was in full-day school, mm-hmm. um, full-day first grade, and, uh, yeah, it was just kind of a, a damper on <laughs> all of our adventures, because we could only go on the weekends or, like, holidays, and then everything was just, like, way more crowded and busy, which I just hate crowds. Mm-hmm. And most of our family lives on the West Coast in Utah, so we also weren't able to really go out and visit them at all, because the only time we could was during, like, school breaks, and then the flights were just, like, triple the price, and we couldn't afford it. So we really wanted to do it just for the flexibility, and just, I was really drawn to just, one, getting to spend more time with my kids, because I feel like, yeah, they're only little for such a short time, and the thought of already, like, having to, like, have them gone pretty much, like all day like Monday through Friday I'm just yeah I was just like no they're too they're too little like I still want to hang out with them like yeah be around them um so we decided to try homeschooling and it's been really good definitely challenging I'm not the like cute crafty like homeschool mom like it so it's been like a little bit of a struggle for me um and like getting our routine down and everything but overall I think it's been really good. It's been really fun to like connect with my kids like on that level and just like form new bonds that we've like haven't had before um and just get to know them a little bit better and just yeah, get more time with them and um obviously the adventure side is really convenient as well. We can just like go camping or travel whenever we want and do school on the go. So, it's a gr- I think it's a great option for families that like to travel or get outside. Yeah, no, that's really good. I haven't actually really thought about it <laughs> yet, I guess, because I'm like, oh, that'll happen in a few years. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it does make a lot of sense. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of reasons why people mm-hmm. homeschool, but um, that does make a lot of sense. And I like that flexibility and freedom. Yeah. I've never really enjoyed working like a regular nine to five job that has to be at an office <laughs> for mm-hmm. the same reason. Because I'm like, same. oh, I just can't, can't do much traveling. <laughs> yeah. So you said you have a van now um, that you do. How do you guys, how does that work with the three kids? Do you all have like bunk beds or? Yeah, so we have bunk beds. Um, So we have a like full size bed in the back that my husband and I share. um, And sometimes the kids will join us in there. But then we built triple bunks um, in the van which we got kind of like roasted for on TikTok when I shared about it. People lost their minds um, and just thought that we were like crazy and that, yeah. Wait, what, which, which aspect of it? Um, they, so we don't live in the van full time. Um, we lived in it for a couple months in the summer last year, but now we just like travel around in it and camp in it. Um, but I think mm-hmm. people thought that we were living in it full time. And then, yeah, they just thought that we were being, like, mean parents for forcing our kids to sleep in, like, these little bunk beds. But (laughs) they're – so the openings to the beds are smaller. Like, we built side rails kind of on them so that the kids won't roll out Mm because our kids are 
at the time we built it were like one and four and yeah. six. So they're little. So we have like side rails on the bed. So it looks, the opening looks smaller because we didn't want them rolling out. But then once you climb in, the kids can sit up in them and they have plenty of room. It's like just smaller than a twin size bed. Um, mm-hmm. So great size for toddlers. But people thought that like, <laughs> the beds were like super tiny and that oh, the no. kids couldn't like sit up in them so they were calling them like coffin beds and oh, it was no. so bad it was such a disaster um so I always get nervous to say but yes we do have <laughs> triple bunks but it works great like our kids absolutely love them like there's so many times where we're at home and they're like can we sleep in the van tonight like I want to sleep in my bunk bed um and they just love it yeah so oh, fun yeah it works out really good for our family yeah, no, that sounds good. Comment sections can get kind of crazy sometimes yeah. <laughs> in general. So, yeah, I, I missed that one, obviously. Um, <laughs> now I want to go. I want to find it. I might have, like, shut it off or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'd love to start doing that kind of travel again. I really like that kind of travel because it's like you just have everything in the van and mm-hmm. then you can go wherever you want and, like, camp wherever you want. And it's just really convenient (laughs) yeah it makes it so easy yeah oh and I'm also interested in this so you said you did um this kind of wilderness search and rescue and you Mm -hmm. also worked in an emergency room um and I guess that must make you feel pretty confident when you go out alone with your kids because you would be prepared and knowledgeable if anything were to happen Mm -hmm. and I'm wondering do you have any tips for anyone who doesn't have that knowledge like what they could do to help them prepare or feel safer going out alone with their kids yeah I think definitely um just doing like a basic first aid training um I know like the Red Cross offers them and I'm sure there's like many organizations um like local community centers sometimes even offer them but I think just doing like a basic first aid course just so that you know what to do if someone's like bleeding or stops breathing just like the very basics um of how to help in that situation can make you feel way more confident going out Mm -hmm. and then I think also just being knowledgeable about the area that you're going to so just knowing like the climate And, like, the wildlife is another big one. Um, Like, in Utah, we have bears and moose, technically, but you don't really see bears there, so I was never too worried about that. But I still knew what to do if we did see a bear. Um, So I think just knowing what to do, yeah, if you run into kind of those big predators, if they're in your area, Mm -hmm. can make you feel a lot safer. And then carrying a first aid kit always, of course. Right. Yeah, definitely. Good tips. I did um, a wilderness first aid course once and I found it really helpful. I felt like way more, even though I've I've forgotten a lot of the stuff now, I feel like somewhere deep in my brain, (laughs) I have some of that knowledge still and it does feel a little bit better to know. But actually, it's a good reminder. I kind of want to take another course just to feel even that much better. Yeah. Is there anything in your first aid kit, like a top thing that you would never leave home without? Um, an emergency blanket is a big one. Mm. Um, I keep one of those in my first aid kit and then I usually have like a, another one or two just like in the bottom of my pack. Mm-hmm. Um, but those are just, you can use them for shelters. You can use them for signaling if you got lost. Um, if it's like the reflective kind, mm-hmm. you can use them, um, yeah, obviously to like warm someone, to help evacuate someone. They just have so many uses. So that's definitely a big one. And they're just so cheap and like lightweight. They mm-hmm. take up no space. And then, 
A triangular bandage is another big one that I always have in my pack. Um, and you can just make this out of like an old sheet, just cut a big triangle out of it. And then you can use it for so many things like to bandage, to do a tourniquet, to make a sling. Um, so I think that's another great thing that, and something that you can kind of just like come up with at home. Right. And most first aid kits don't, or a lot of first, I don't, don't want to say most, but there's a lot of first aid kits that don't have those included. So I would definitely recommend throwing that in. Mm, Those are good tips. Yeah. I don't think the first aid kits I have, I know don't have those, but yeah, that is a good tip. And I have an old sheet that I use for a ghost costume for my son that oh, yeah. now I'm thinking, oh, there yes, you... I can use that. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know a lot of people think going out into, you know, like the wilderness or outdoors is like, oh, that's super dangerous. Anything can happen, which obviously it can. And there's a lot of dangers. However, you have an experience of something that happened with um, walking in the city with your son. Um, and you guys got hit by a car. Is that what happened? Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, I get a lot of like comments from people just about, yeah, like, why would you take your kids out hiking by yourself and camping by yourself or just out into nature Mm -hmm. in general? Like that's so dangerous. There's bears, there's wildlife, da, da, da. And we actually had an encounter with a bear and a lot of people came after us for that, that we were taking our kids into bear country and how... (laughs) dumb of parents we were and everything but we also had an experience yeah a couple years two years ago I believe three years ago now um where we were just on a walk in our neighborhood I had my two sons at the time in a double stroller and we went to cross the street um and I was gonna kind of just like jaywalk Mm -hmm. just like go across and then I was like no I should go down like just like like I don't know, 100 yards down, like, the street, there was a crosswalk that had, like, the flashing lights and everything. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, I should walk down there. That would be safer. And so I walked down the sidewalk and then started crossing in the sidewalk. And I had pressed the button so, like, the lights were flashing and everything. But there was a distracted driver that didn't see us um, and hit us. And, yeah, sent... The, the stroller, unfortunately, took kind of the brunt of the impact. So the stroller went flying with my kids and was just, yeah, a really bad situation. Um, my youngest wasn't breathing on scene. And luckily, I had, like, my EMT training and everything. So I was able to help um, kind of revive him and start resuscitating him until the fire department got there. But, yeah, it's just, obviously, there are, like, risks to going into, like, the backcountry and into the wilderness with your kids. But I think it's important to remember, like, there's risks, like, any time you leave the house, unfortunately. And so I think it's kind of unfair when people come after outdoor moms saying it's unsafe because, honestly, I feel safer on the trails than I do in the cities, especially after that experience of being hit by a distracted driver. Like, I would much rather let my kids run around on the trails and go off and explore Mm -hmm. than let them, you know run around on the sidewalks in front of our house because I'm just like so paranoid about texting drivers and all of that and so yeah I think it's important to remember that yes there is risks and you should definitely consider them and take safety precautions but it doesn't it's not any more dangerous than just you know throwing your kid in the car and driving to Target like you could just as likely or you're probably more likely Mm -hmm. odds are I bet 
um, to, you know, get in a car accident, like driving to the grocery store than something to happen while hiking. Yeah, I, I mean, I think you're right. I think I've heard some statistic that it was like, if you get injured or have an accident, it's most likely to be within a five mile radius of your house. Yeah, yeah, I've heard that. Oh, I'm so sorry that happened to you. But I'm so glad that you're, you know, you're all okay. And that your son was able to be, um, you know, get all the rehab and everything that he needed to get better. And I know you said that kind of going out into nature and stuff was a big part of his healing journey, which I find really great. Yeah, definitely. It, um, we were so used to just like getting out a lot when the accident happened that I didn't want to just like all of a sudden start keeping my kids cooped up inside, but I didn't really, yeah, feel safe walking around our neighborhoods, especially like in the immediate future after the accident. Fair enough. (laughs) Um, So we started, yeah, that's when I like really started hiking with my kids and just noticed such a shift in like, because they were just carrying so much tension and stress from the accident. They were Mm -hmm. so little, like, I don't think they fully understood, but you could just like tell, like it was a lot for their bodies and like, Mm -hmm. especially their minds to process. Um, So getting out into nature was just like, so calming um, and really helped them, I think, work through a lot of that. And especially with like the brain injuries that they had like bright lights and just like a lot of noises were just like too stimulating from them for them. Mm-hmm. They just couldn't handle a lot of stimulation. It was just too much. So just like getting outside where it was just like peaceful and mm-hmm. slow and not a ton of, you know, like bright, like fake lights and things like that was super helpful, right. helpful for their brains as they were healing. Yeah. Oh, that must've been so rough for oh. you and for them, obviously. Are they, so are they, pretty much fine now like back back to themselves or um for the most part my oldest um still has some kind of like behavioral um side effects from the brain injury and my youngest does have some like developmental delays from his his was a lot more severe Mm -hmm. but overall they're both doing amazing especially the younger one watson he um yeah, he had some super severe injuries. We weren't sure, like, if he'd be able to walk again. Mm. And the type of brain injury he had, like, a lot of d- adults don't even survive it. And so the doctors um, kind of weren't able to give us a prognosis. They're like, we don't know if he'll ever talk again or if he'll just be left kind of, like, in a vegetative state. They're like, we can't even say. And he was so little that, yeah, it was just, like, hard to predict how he would be in the future and just even where he was at after the accident because he stopped talking and moving and things like that and so yeah considering like how bad it was and everything like it's yeah he's the toughest little boy and just so resilient like he just will try and try till he gets it so it's amazing yeah to see how far he's come and yeah hiking was a big part of his like physical recovery too because once he learned how to walk again um he As soon as he started to walk again, yeah, he wanted to start hiking, even though he would literally take like one step and fall over and I'd pick him up and he would take maybe one or two steps, fall over and just, we would do that. Mm -hmm. We obviously didn't make it very far down the trails, like maybe a hundred yards, but he would just like keep trying and like never let it stop him. And just like the uneven terrain, it was just such good physical therapy for him. Yeah. Yeah. I think it helped him recover a lot. Yeah. Oh, that's so, that must have been such a tough time. But I'm so mm-hmm. glad. What a horrible thing. And also, 
reminder for people to pay attention while you're driving because oh my gosh yes yeah yeah definitely Uh. that's yeah I I like sharing our story with like the purpose of just hopefully making people more aware because it's so like we have so many distractions nowadays and Mm -hmm. it's so easy to just look down at your phone for a couple of seconds but yeah it's just not worth it like it's yeah it just takes a few seconds to totally change your life or someone else's life so yeah drive safe (laughs) yeah seriously how is that for you getting through it do you think your training your medical training kind of helped you like at least have that mindset about it and not you know like you were able to kind of separate of you know the medical side of it from your personal side um yeah I'm definitely glad I had my medical training um because my youngest yeah probably wouldn't be here if I didn't so I'm glad I knew what to do to like help him and like get him breathing again until Mm -hmm. the ambulance got there um but right after the accident happened like I don't know. I I was working in the ER for years before it happened, but when it's your kids, it's just so different. And I immediately just like lost my cool and just started screaming and like screaming, my baby, my baby. And I just like mm-hmm. couldn't even like, my mind was just, yeah, mm-hmm. not able to like process. And that is where the audio cuts out. And in a moment, we'll cut back in. Apologies for the awkwardness and the disruption. Try to think of where I was at. Oh, so like, you had asked, yeah, about like my medical training and how that kind of played into the whole experience. Um, so yeah, I was really grateful for it for those like first few minutes after the accident and being able to help my boys until the firefighters got there. Um, and there was also like obviously this was like the most horrible experience I've been through, but there was so many kind of just like small blessings along the way. Like one of the things, kind of like small miracles, was. The fire station happened to be like right around the corner from where the accident happened. Um, and they were all ready to go standing by the fire truck doing their daily checks because they had just shift, uh, just switched shifts. Um, so when the call came in, they were able to literally within like 10 seconds hop in the ambulance in the fire truck and were on scene within like two minutes, which was such a blessing because yeah, my um, youngest like wasn't breathing and both of them had brain bleeds and just like so many things were like time was of the essence. So that was a huge blessing. Um, but yeah, grateful for my training until they got there. And luckily that was really mm-hmm. quick. Um, but in those like first few seconds after I just was in like full on mom panic mode and all of my training just like went out the window like I probably couldn't have like answered any question. I just like, yeah, was just completely panicking and someone driving by pulled over to stop and help. And he asked me, what can I do? And that kind of like snapped me out of it to like think like, what do we need to do? Mm-hmm. And then I just went back to like, I had to go back to like my very basic like first aid training of just like, okay, we like have to open. He's not breathing. So we need to like start at the beginning, like open his airway. And then we need to, like, start helping him breathe. And then, like, okay, now we need to, like, check his pulse. Like, is his heart still beating? And just kind of, like, going through those basic steps. Mm -hmm. And then kind of once we got to the hospital and, like, a little further into the whole ordeal, then I was kind of, like, wishing I didn't have the medical training because I knew how bad it was. Like, I wish I could kind of just, like, be naive to the whole situation. Like, one example was 
in the ER, they were like running the trauma and we started taking my older son to the CT scanner to get like scans of his head to see what was going on. And on the way to the scanner, he went unresponsive. And so I asked the nurse like, oh, what pain medications did you give him? Because mm-hmm. I thought they had given him something to knock him out. And she was like, we haven't given him anything. And then that's when I knew, oh, okay, this is like really, really bad. Like he's got some sort of brain bleed. Like this is not good. And then I just wish I knew nothing. Yeah, because it was just so hard to know like how bad it was. And like there was nothing I could really do. There was nothing I could do at that point. Yeah. And so then I kind of was just like, I just wish I had like no medical training and I could just like sit back and just Mm -hmm. like wait for the nurses to come and like give me news like once it was all over. But I guess overall, yeah, it was a good thing I did have the training. Um, And yeah, I think like it's good for like all adults and especially parents to just have like basic first aid training, even if you're not getting out on like big outdoor adventures, just because you never know like when something could happen. Like for us, it was like right in our own neighborhood, just a couple blocks from our house. And so, yeah, that would definitely be um, my words of encouragement or like advice to parents would be to just take a basic like first aid course, um, you can Google or you can YouTube, you know, like how to do the Heimlich maneuver on babies and kids. You can Google or YouTube, sorry. Um, you know, just like basic, like CPR, like pretty simple things that could really make a big difference in an emergency. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, if, yeah, if nothing else that people leave this podcast episode with, I think that's a really good message and thing to remember because it's, easy you never really want to think about any of that stuff or you Mm -hmm. you hope you obviously hope it never happens but it's of course it's an accidents happen when you least expect it so yeah uh, it's uh, really good to remember and I'm just so glad that everyone was okay thank you did I am curious did um the person get caught that hit you yeah so the driver she actually stopped to help us so she was like the first one on scene you could say um mm-hmm. and uh I I feel really I actually just like felt really bad for her because I could just tell that she like felt horrible mm-hmm. um and so she and I'm glad I'm so glad that she stopped um because she definitely could have mm-hmm. just you know taken off yeah um but she actually was like very kind and helpful like right after and asked like what can I do and So I had first ran to my oldest son because he had been thrown the farthest um, Mm -hmm. and was out of the stroller. So I ran over to him and he was sat up and started crying and like yelling. Um, And so then my like medical brain was like, okay, well, he's okay. I need to go check on my other son. But having like as a mom, like having to like leave your like bleeding, crying child on the Mm -hmm. side of the road, like after that. Um, Mm -hmm. Sorry. Oh, no. (laughs) It was, like, one of the hardest things of, like, probably the whole experience was having to leave my son when he needed me. Um, Yeah. But I knew I had to check on my baby. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, especially because, yeah, my baby wasn't crying or anything, so I knew it wasn't good. Um, And so the lady that hit us um, held my oldest... um, while I ran to check on my baby and then she Mm -hmm. carried him over to where I was working on reviving my son um Mm -hmm. and sat with him next to us so I was really grateful um for that so thank you so much for sharing and just bringing up this tough experience um it's never easy thinking about those kind of things again 
So thank you for sharing it. Yeah, of course. Um, and there definitely was, yeah, like I said before, lots of, like, I'm obviously not glad it happened. Like, I would never wish this happened to anyone, but there was definitely, like, bright or, like, bright moments um, amidst the, like, hardship of it all. Like, um, we definitely felt so loved. Like, there was so many people um, in our community, um, people we had never even met before, um, obviously our friends and family, but just so many people that came together for us and rallied for us and Mm -hmm. helped us out in like the months after, as we were recovering, that it was really incredible to see like how many good people there were out there. Cause you obviously hear about, you know, all these horrible things on the news and just like all these awful Mm -hmm. people out there, but it really showed me there's still so many good people out there that are just willing to, yeah, help and like help complete strangers. Mm So, (sighs) well, that's, I mean, so good of you to just to focus on that and a good reminder of all the good people that are out there. Yeah. (sighs) On that note, we might, (laughs) I feel like we should wrap it up on something (laughs) different, (laughs) but I know. Sorry to like leave on a downer. <laughs> no, don't be sorry at all. Never, never apologize for having yeah. your emotions. Um, my last questions that I ask every guest, so we can do those and they're a little bit more lighthearted. Okay, yeah. that sounds great. <laughs> but again, before that, yeah, just thank you so much for your time and for telling all these stories and obviously social media, you only get a glimpse of what's mm-hmm. going on. So it's nice to kind of hear more in depth about you know, all the the stuff behind what we see on um, social media. Yeah. I was also going to say, I usually ask, um, is there anything that we didn't talk about that you wanted to talk about? Um, I think just, yeah, just for people to get out there with their kids. I, it might seem very intimidating and overwhelming, but it is so doable. And I think just starting small and just doing it you'll like realize like everyone is totally capable of like having these like fun adventures with their kids and it's so worth it so just yeah my challenge for everyone yeah would to be just to try it just try a little hike with your kids because it's so great that's really good that's a good last message yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh and then so the last the questions I ask every guest number one what is one thing you did for yourself lately and that's in the idea that you know you can't pour from an empty cup you know you got to fill yourself up first so kind of encouraging people to do things that fill themselves up yeah um I guess it was a couple weeks ago I did just like a mom's only backpacking trip with a couple other moms which was so fun to yeah just like get away and only have to worry about myself and not taking care of three tiny wonderful little humans but it was so fun to like get out in nature and do something I love and as much as I love doing it with my kids it's also really nice to like do it just myself and uh, yes do something I did before kids I guess yeah and Mm -hmm. not have to carry a human up the mountain plus gear I just had to carry my <laughs> yeah. backpack, which was super nice for a change. So, <laughs> yeah, feel so light after. Yeah. That. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. And then, what is a book or a podcast or a movie that's had an impact on your life? Ooh, um, I love the book The Alchemist. I haven't read it in a few years, um, but it just has so many great little uh, quotes that you can apply to your life. Um, 
And then podcast, I really love the science of survival. Um, just my nerdy side coming out. It, they just go through different scenarios um, of like of just like emergencies like in the backcountry. And then they go through the science of like what's happening in the body. And then they also talk about like what you should do to like survive these situations. Mm. So it's just like fun to like, I don't know get more knowledge, be prepared. Like, for example, one of the episodes was on hypothermia. So they kind of tell it in like a dramatization and they have someone kind of like, you know, telling the story of like, he gets stuck walking in the snow, like from the cabin to the car. And then they break it down like the science behind what happens to your body as you're going through the different stages of hypothermia. So for people that like the kind of like medical side or just like mm. survival stories it's really cool and you always learn something fun so yeah oh that sounds really interesting I'll check that out yeah and the alchemist is yeah a classic I feel like it's one of those books I should read again <laughs> yeah I'm like I hope I, I still like it as much as I did the last time I read it <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then what is a song that like puts you in a good mood it makes you feel good every time and I have a playlist of these that I put everyone's songs that they recommend Ooh, um I love you are my sunshine because uh, yeah growing up I used to my grandma's from Hawaii so I used to hula dance with her to that song oh, cool. and then once I became a mom I would sing it to my boys so that's one that just yeah has a special place in my heart and always makes me feel happy yeah oh awesome yeah it's a good one all right. And then that's all the questions I have. Where can people find you on the internet if they want to know more about you? <laughs> yeah. So I'm on Instagram and TikTok at Brighton Peachy, Peach with a Y. Um, I share, yeah, lots of tips and info just for families getting outside and adventuring. Um, and then we also um, started our blog website back up again which is outsidefamilies.com. Awesome. And I'll link everything below so everyone can check that out. And yeah, thanks so much for being here and sharing your stories and being vulnerable and um, taking the time. So of course, thank you. And I look forward to following along on your adventures. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. Yeah. All right. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode and that you can take away some tips from it. I know for one, I'm going to go check out my first aid kit. You can find us on Instagram at Biggest Adventure Yet and let me know what you think. Take care. Until next time, happy adventuring. Bye.